This is Running the Race with Pastor Eddie Pinero of Calvary Chapel of Milford in Milford, Pennsylvania. The race that you're running today, the race that you're running tomorrow as a believer in Jesus Christ has been set before you. Don't think God doesn't know this running track that you're in. He knows exactly the running track that you're in. We can't pick the track. It is set before us. It's already set before us just as it was set before Christ. For the cross that was set before him. A lot of times we get envious of others in life. We look to places like social media and see what looks like perfect, easygoing lives of other people and wish we could have their life. Pastor Eddie reminds you in today's message that the only life you have to live is your own. You can't live anyone else's life. You can't run anyone else's race. Stay in your lane and run your own race and run it to win. Live the life that God gave you and do it well. Well, let's join Pastor Eddie in the book of Hebrews chapter 12 as he continues his message, The Race of Faith. Just as a professional runner trains well, he wants to lose weight as well, He'll cut his nails, his toenails. I don't know how much weight that can add to. But he's going to do everything he can to not add weight to his run. And in the same way, we need to lay aside the weight. You know those things, and you need to pray about God about these things. It's different for each and every one of us. It's not the same for all of us, okay? We're all different. But you need to pray one of these things that are weighing you down and is causing you to drain and slow down and make it difficult for you to get to the finish line. And so... To run the race requires for us to lay aside the weight. The second thing, the second thing the coach tells us is, number two, uh, we are to lay aside the sin which easily ensnares us. The sin which easily ensnares us. Now, if you notice, read that word, the word sin. You notice the word sin is singular, is not plural. It is say the sins, okay? It is the sin, it is the sin, the definite article, the sin. Remember, the writer of Hebrews, he's writing to the first readers of Hebrews. They were Jews who had been born again, who had now found their faith in the promised Messiah, Jesus Christ, Yeshua. And now because of persecution, they wanted to go back to the temple, to the high priests and sacrifice. And they wanted to go back to the old sacrificial system. And what was that? After finding Christ and going back... That's apostasy. That's what we know as apostasy. They already have tasted. They already have known. Okay? They received Christ. They knew that Christ was the promised Messiah. And so that is the sin, apostasy, to turn your back on Christ after meeting Christ. Now, this also could apply to us because we know that sin separates us from God. Sin kind of, you know, the enemy will have fun. Whenever you sin, he'll have fun with you. That's where condemnation will come, right? The enemy will say, you know what? You're a Christian. You're a fake Christian. Yeah, you just blew it. You know, you just blew it just, you know, the other day. Don't tell me you're a Christian. I saw what you did. 
you know? And then we let the enemy condemn us, which we need to be careful because there's a difference between condemnation and conviction, right? We talk about this all the time. The enemy wants to bring condemnation, but the scripture tells us there is now therefore no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, right? There is conviction. That's good. That's healthy. That's something we ought to be praying. Holy Spirit, convict me. If I sin against my brother, if I sin against God, convict me. Let me know in my spirit. I sin against God. And the Holy Spirit is going to say, you know, Eddie, you sin here. We're going to do it better next time. Let's repent of that sin and we're going to do it better next time. Okay, sin does, you know, hinders our prayer life. It hinders our walk with the Lord. It hinders our run with it. Listen, you're still a child of God. You're still saved, okay? Are we perfect? No, no. Okay, nobody's perfect because we're Christians. Christians, are you perfect? I'm not talking to Christians. Okay, nobody's perfect, right? That's why, you know, John tells us if we have sinned, you know, he is faithful to forgive us of our sins, okay? We're not sinners in that we live in sin and we practice sin, but we're saved. And because we're saved, we're still here on earth. We still have the flesh, right? We have our flesh, the enemy, and the world, three things that we battle against. And we're going to blow it every now and then. God understands that, but you're still his child, and we're just forgiven of those sins. And so there is sins, and we need to lay that aside, whatever it is. You know, many of us have weaknesses. Whatever those weaknesses are, find the word of God. You know, remember when Jesus was tempted by Satan 40 days in the desert? What did Jesus use? He used the word of God, right? Turn these stones into bread. Man shall not live by bread alone, right? Oh, throw yourself off the pinnacle. Thou shalt worship no the God, God himself only, right? And so it goes on. And then if there's something where you can trust someone, don't tell everybody, but someone you can trust, someone you can confide in, and say, hey, listen, I'm dealing with this. I want you to keep me in prayer with this. And you need somebody we can have accountability, and that's important. And so there is sin that we need to be careful. If we're running the race of faith, we need to lay aside the weight. There are things that are going to distract you. There are things that are going to bring a lot of weight and be more of a burden. And we need to make sure we, we don't sin. That's what we deal with every day, right? We need to continue to walk and be renewed day by day. Now, you may say, okay, before you get to the third part here, Pastor Eddie, this is just a race. Come on, all right? And you see in a sports, ESPN or whatever, yeah, it's just a race. They get, they get a medal, so what? It's just a race, but it's more than a race. It's more than a race, and I'm not spiritualizing this, but because it's not only because also it's in the scripture, but there are two words that we're going to see here in the Greek that will let us know that it's more than just a, a sprint or a walk in the park. The race of faith is painful, it's painful and we need to endure. And so here's the first Greek word. The first Greek word is endure is hapumone. Hapumone is mentioned 36 times in the New Testament. And it's a compound word. Hapo means under and mone means to remain. But it means steadfastness, consistency, and so, and enduring. But, you know, just to kind of put it together for us here, it is the power to withstand hardship, trials, tribulations, stress, whatever it is, as you continue to cleave on to God. That's what it is. Hold on to God in the midst of trials, tribulations, in the midst of this run. And it is painful. It's a painful run. The second word, the word race. The word race here, this word is the word agon from when we get the word agony. That's what this word means. Now, Paul uses the word race many times, and it applies to running a race. But this race here in the book of Hebrews, underline it in your Bible, go home and double check. But this word race here 
is the word agon, which we get the word agony. So the race of faith, it kind of tells you how important it is. Because it's not an easy race. It's going to cause agony, pain, suffering, anguish. You know, I don't know if you see some real athletes who work out and they do everything they can. They're just prepared for years or maybe months for this race. And you see them all of a sudden, now they got a hamstring or they got a shin splint. And all of a sudden, now they're done. It happens. And that's what happens with us as well. Agon. This is important because the same word agon is used when Paul wrote to the church in Philippi. In Philippians chapter 1, verses 29 to 30, this is what he wrote to them. He said, for to you it has been granted on behalf of Christ, not only to believe, that's easy, right? Yeah, believe, we, kumbaya. But here's the other part. It said, but also to suffer for his sake. You're not going to get that from the TV uh, evangelists, right? The prosperity preachers, teachers, right? The name and claim it, blab it and grab it, shake and bake it, guys. You know? They're not going to tell you this. They'll read, oh, yeah, believe and hence have, but here, how about the suffering? And it goes on to say, but also to suffer for his sake, having the same conflict. That word conflict, underline it in your Bible. Go back home and look at it in their Bible concordance. And it is the same word, agon, which means agony. So being a believer in Jesus Christ is not only to believe in him, but to run the race of faith And it's going to be agonizing, okay? If it's not agonizing, then you really are not running. Trials and tribulation. Jesus says, in this world, you will have tribulation. I've suffered tribulation. You will suffer tribulation. And Paul tells us that for those who have a desire to live godly lives, will suffer tribulation. And so, being a Christian is not a walk in the park. It's a blessing. God never said it'll be easy. Jesus never said, it's going to be easy. Just follow after me. No, in a nutshell, he probably said, it's going to be worth it. It's going to be worth it. And we saw that with the Hall of Faithers in chapter 11. Again, I want to read this passage in Acts chapter 20. It says, the Holy Spirit testifies in every city, saying that chains and tribulations await me. And that's for all of us. But none of these things move me. It should never move us. Nor do we count my life dear. We shouldn't count our life dear to us. Right? What did Jesus say? He who seeks his life will lose it. But he will lose it for my sake, will find it. He said, nor do I count my life dear to myself so that I may finish my race with joy and the ministry which I received from the Lord Jesus to testify the gospel of the grace of God. So listen, saints, the race of faith is not a walk in the park. It's not a sprint, but it's demanding. It's demanding. It is hard. It's agonizing. It requires the Uttermost in self-discipline, determination, perseverance, and we see the word endurance, hypomone, okay? And always again, one thing remember that when a runner begins, he begins at the cross, that's the starting line, he doesn't go back and pass the cross, never see a runner go back to the starting line, never go back to the starting line. In a sense, we can go to the cross whenever we want to, but you know, once saved, you know, we trust in the Lord, we have eternal life, eternal salvation. And we come to the cross to remember, when we take communion, we remember the cross. The cross is always a reminder that we have eternal life through Jesus Christ. And so, don't go back, because going back is death, going forward is life in Christ. So, he goes on to say in verse 1, number 1, let us lay aside every weight. Number 2, and the sin so easily ensnares us. Three, let us run with endurance the race. Now, hear the ending. These five words, that is set before us. 
You could easily go through verse 1 and not realize that the race that you're running today, the race that you're running tomorrow as a believer in Jesus Christ has been set before you. Don't think God doesn't know this running track that you're in. He knows exactly the running track that you're in. We can't pick the track. It is set before us. It's already set before us, just as it was set before Christ. For the cross that was set before him. And so we may look at this road and say, wait a minute. You know, God, why did you put me on this running track? I, you know, this track, it's, it's long. It's like, a, it's like 20 miles long. Uh, I like that track over there. It's only 20 yards. Can I run that one, Lord? Oh, this track, you know, it's kind of bumpy. I see debris. I see obstacles in the way. I'm going to trip and fall. That's the one God wants you. And that's what I know I'm in. That's what we're all going to be in. That's what's going to happen in life. You're going to go through trials and tribulations. You're going to go through obstacles. You're going to go through potholes. So, Lord, I like that other track. It's not only 20 yards, but there's no debris. And it's like that new surf, you know, where you could bounce. You know, and I got these new thick soles, you know. It's like running on foam. I want that one. It's so cushiony and soft. No, it's set before you. Because the track that God has placed you in to run the race of faith is going to build you. He won't put you in a track that you're going to just get destroyed or there's a cliff at the end, okay? It's a track that God has placed, and here's the thing. He's going to be with you. We're going to look at that in a few minutes. But Paul tells us, and he wrote this letter to the church in Rome, in Romans chapter 5, verses 3 to 5, he says, and not only that, but we also glory in tribulations. How many glory in tribulations? Hey, wait a minute. That's what it says there. And not only that, but we also glory in tribulations, knowing that tribulation produces what? Perseverance. Perseverance, what it produces? Character, character, hope. And now hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who has given to us. It builds you. It doesn't break you. It builds you. You understand? And Christ is there. You know, what really amazes me is that our Lord and Savior knows what it's like to go through what we're going through. We run a race and we're thinking, oh, Lord, this race of faith, Lord, yeah, it sounds great, Lord, but I don't think you understand what I'm going through. Yes, he does. Yes, he does. But we're going to see a little bit how much Christ, as a matter of fact, look at verse 2. Drop down to verse 2. Look what it says in verse 2 in the middle. It says, who, speaking of Christ, for the joy that was set before him. See, we have a race that was set before us. Christ set the example. He had something set before him. What was set before him? For the joy that was set before him, endure the cross, despising the shame. I don't know about you, but if I know I'm going to be crucified on the cross, I don't think joy is the last thing that would even cross my mind. That's what makes that verse so beautiful. And we're going to get there in a little bit. So now, we've been coached. I know three steps in order to run effectively and to finish well in this race of faith. Let's look at verse 2 now. Here's where the help, the main help comes. He writes on, looking unto who? Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. We're looking to Jesus. He's the author and he's the finisher of our faith. Drop down to verse 3. For consider him who endured. We look to Jesus because he endured. He set the greatest example. When we run this race of faith, don't look at anyone else. Don't look at Pastor Eddie, the last person you want to look at. Don't look at any person that's running you. Don't even look at the world. 
Don't look to politicians. Don't look to the sport figures or pop stars or idols. We look to Jesus. He's the author and finisher of our faith. What do you mean by that, Eddie? Author and finisher of our faith. Well, it began at the starting line. He's the author. It started at the cross, at the starting line. When you surrender your life to Jesus Christ, when you've been born again, you became a real Christian, not a Christian by name, not because your parents were Christian, not because you were raised Christian, but because you confessed your sins, you repented of your sins, and you come to the cross and been born again, then you're born again. Then that's the biblical definition of a Christian. So that started. He's the author. It started with Jesus at the cross, at the starting line. And he's the finisher of our faith. When is that going to be? How long is this race? Because if it's the finish line, oh, please, Lord, let it be at just at least three feet. I want, I'm done with this race. Lord, if you only knew my life. Look at Philippians chapter 1, verse 6. Paul writes this, Being confident in this very thing that he, speaking of Jesus, who has begun a good work in you. What, what's that good work? Eternal life, salvation at the cross. Because of him, we've been born again, right? We'll complete it. He will complete it. Not maybe. He will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. What is that day when we stand before him in glory? And I don't know when that race may end for you. It may end for you soon. Or Lord willing, and we're praying for God to come soon (laughs) or raptured. Regardless, believe it or not, there is a finish line. There is a finish line. You know your birthday. And that race is that little dash is going to be your tombstone. And whatever the finish line, that's with the date. But we all one day, one day, you know my survey, right? What's the survey, saints? 10 out of 10 people, all one day, going to die. That's when the race will end for you. And hopefully you run effectively and you run well. And so let's look at verse 2 again. We're running this race. It's difficult. Who we need to keep an eye on? Jesus Christ. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Who for the joy. Now this is what blows me away. For the joy that was set before him endured the cross. When he looked at the cross, he didn't reject it. He saw you. He saw me. What brought this cross to be joy in the eyes of our Lord and Savior is knowing that we will be one with him and the Father. He knows that that cross, if he goes to that cross, that's going to bring you to be one with Jesus Christ and the Father. That's the joy. He didn't look at the pain. He knew what he was going to go through. He knew he was going to suffer. But it was joyful to him. So what was set before him, in the same way that Christ saw the cross with joy, we need to run the race that's set before us and look to the finish line with joy. That is the promise of Jesus Christ, to have eternal life. And that is our reward. We look to the finish line with joy as Christ looked to the cross with joy. Is it going to be a race, an agon? Yes, it's going to be agonizing, but it's going to be well worth it. You see, quite often we only see what's in front of us, but we don't keep our eyes to the finish line to see there is Jesus. He's waiting. He is waiting. For the joy that was set before him, verse 2, endure the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. He's now seated at the right hand of the Father. And so, I don't know about you, again, I never will understand the love of God and the cross completely. It's I don't think there's a human being that could. We can see it so many ways. We can put it on a canvas. We could study it every day. I'm still amazed and blow away at the cross. Never get tired of it. But Jesus saw it. 
knowing that he would suffer and suffer an agonizing, painful death, it was joyful to his eyes. And now he's seated at the right hand of the Father. And so all the Old Testament saints set the example, but Jesus set the example better. He's the greatest example. Yes, we can look at the examples that we saw in chapter 11. We can go to the Old Testament and see how the saints maintained their faith and made it through. But when we look to Jesus, who's the author and finisher of our faith, we can certainly run because not only are we looking at Christ as an example to win this race, but he is with us. He helps us with this race. He's everywhere. He's omnipresent. We can see him at the finish line. We can see him alongside us, above us. That is our Savior. He's the author and finisher of, of our faith in this race. Jesus said in John chapter 13, verse 15, he says, For I have given you an example that you should do as I have done to you. He's given us an example. Peter writes in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 21, it said, For this you were called because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that you should follow his steps. That's why we're called Christians. We follow Christ, not by name, by title. Oh, I'm a Christian because my parents are Christian. I go to church Easter and Christmas. No, believing in Jesus Christ, surrendering your life, repenting of your sin. To repent, that means to turn around. Think like Christ, be like Christ, walk like Christ, everything Christ. And so what's the prize? What's the prize? Christ sat at the right hand of God, and we would join him. So, in verses 3 to 4, we thought that, hey, we ran the race. Not only he's the author and finisher of our faith, but also we could see uh, how Christ disciplined himself for the cross. Well, he himself had to run. Let's look at verses 3 and 4. He says, For consider him who endures such hostility from sinners against himself, lest you become weary and discouraged in yourselves. So if you become weary and discouraged in this race, consider Jesus Christ. Look to Jesus and says in verse 4, you have not yet resisted the bloodshed striving against sin. Has anybody been through what Christ has been through? No. So no one can say, hey, Jesus, you don't understand. Oh, yes, I do know. Jesus, you don't know what it is to be abandoned. Yes, I was abandoned at the cross. You know what it is to be uh, spat on. Yes, I was spat on the cross. You don't know what it's like to, I've been crucified, hello. God knows, he sees. All judgment and authority, as Jesus says, the Father has given it to him. Why? Because Jesus, no one can tell Jesus, I've been there, done that. Jesus, No, I've been there, done that. So I can rightfully judge because I know what it's like. But we compare our suffering in this race Look to Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. No one has suffered such hostility. No one has suffered bloodshed. No one has suffered as Christ. Only Jesus. So we are to look to Jesus. Amen. Aren't you glad you decided to join us today on Running the Race? Pastor Eddie has been making his way through the book of Hebrews in a series, Jesus is Better. We're learning some great truths about Jesus coming to be all that the Old Testament had talked about. The strength of God's Word and how it's fulfilled is something mighty to ponder. Hebrews 4.12 says, For the Word of God is living and powerful, and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit, and of joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. We pray that God's Word has been a discerner of your heart today. We're so glad you joined us for Running the Race. 
Running the Race is a radio ministry out of Calvary Chapel of Milford. If you're in the New York, New Jersey, or Pennsylvania area, Jessica has an invitation for you. We'd love to have you come join us at Calvary Chapel of Milford. We're conveniently located off Interstate 84 and Route 6. For service times and all the information you need, visit runningtheraceradio.com and click on the Back to Homepage button. While you're there, you can listen to this teaching again or explore more messages from Pastor Eddie. Again, that website is runningtheraceradio.com. Thanks, Jessica. Head over to runningtheraceradio.com to learn more about the church and hear more messages. Pastor Eddie has more to share with you in the book of Hebrews, so make sure you come back to hear more next time, here on Running the Race.